Well, greetings, everyone. It's lovely to uh, to see so many here this morning. It's lovely to be together. Lord God, we we thank you so much for the blessings of 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 life. And Lord, we thank you for being with us in the in the trials and the difficult times that we go through as well. Lord, we know that it's the nature of life that we have ups and we have downs, that we have happy times and we have sad times. And Lord, I pray that in all of those different experiences we will know your presence presence in our lives Lord be with us as we rejoice as we celebrate Lord be with us as we mourn as we mourn loss as we mourn loss of health Lord, in all things, we pray that you'll help us to see your vision of our lives and our place in your heart. Go with us, we ask, Lord. Help us to comfort the brokenhearted. Help us to celebrate with those who rejoice. Help us to be your arms to comfort, your hands to lift up. Strengthen us and bless us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to uh, take a reading now. Um, I make no apologies for saying that we're going to read from Luke chapter 2. Because some of the thoughts I want to take... uh, from this morning are, um, are from that chapter. So let's read together, and Julie's going to read for us, Luke chapter 2 from verse uh, 1 down to verse 20. Luke verse 2, 1 to 20. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius, the governor of Syria, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem to Judea, David's ancient home. He travelled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognise him by this sign. 
you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. It was the night before Christmas. Come on, come on. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. I'm surprised that you couldn't get the whole the whole chant the whole, the whole verse of that. Sorry. <laughs> to be honest, yes, I did. I, had, I, I, I definitely had to look it up, and I definitely um, wouldn't have. In fact, I, I could barely get the first line. So it's nearly here. It's nearly. It's Christmas Eve, and tomorrow is Christmas Day. So I, I, I saw. Uh, on Twitter at the beginning of December uh, a very niche joke that I think only Richard would get actually it was an Anglican um, vicar saying at last the waiting is over Advent is here because <laughs> um, Advent is of course the season of waiting so that, that's when the waiting sort of commences before Christmas so at last the waiting anyway, it, I, I thought it was quite funny and I can see, I can see Richard's shoulders gently shaking so the waiting is almost over, except, of course, for the Germans who, who can't wait uh, and, and have to open their presents on Christmas Eve. Or at least that's, or at least that's what my brother tells me. So. so is everyone ready? Yeah. <laughs> it was that. Yeah, right. So, um, so yeah, the turkey, the chicken, the goose, the nut roast are all ready. Um, Sprouts prepared, presents bought. I thought not. Um, there's a lot of preparation to do, isn't there? A lot of lot of things to get sorted out, and um, uh, and and Charlotte has this great long list, and and I do my best to help. But uh, if I can if I can arrange to to do the Christmas morning, sorry, the, the uh, Christmas Eve service, then it means that I can have that as an excuse for not getting as involved as, <laughs> as, as perhaps I ought to. Um, so there's a lot to, lot to, uh, a lot to organise, but it, it got me thinking about, about that first Christmas and all the things that, uh, that needed to be prepared, all the things that needed to be done, the organising, the making sure that uh, everything was just so and ready and in place, ready for that first Christmas, except that wasn't really how it worked, was it? Again, when you, when you look at the story afresh, and again, thanks, Julie, for reading it uh, for us this morning, 
it all seems pretty ragged, really. Um, a young couple displaced from their home, uh, arriving in a strange town without having uh, got accommodation. After a struggle, finding a substandard place to play, to stay, uh, and uh, a substandard place to stay, let alone uh, a, a place to give birth. I mean, it was a, not a very good place at all. I mean, it, it, it barely had one star. So, um, <laughs> it, 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 it was. Yeah, there were there were random strangers coming in, and uh, and it it doesn't look like there was much preparation at all. I mean, there was barely. Uh, barely any preparation it looked like it was going to be a disaster and it looks like this kind of story that you would tell as an amusing anecdote oh yes I remember you know the day the day our son was born uh, you know we had to give birth in a stable you know ha ha you know but it all turned out nice I mean, I still think that our story about moving house the day before Beth was due is, is one of those things. Only now I think I can tell as an amusing story. But, and that's 22 years on. But, um, but yet, we read this story, this story about, about that, that time of... Uh, that, that, that time of, of churning, that time of... of uh, the, it must have been a, a, an incredibly stressful time. It must have been a difficult time for them. But it's a story that we read year after year. We celebrate. We don't get tired of hearing this. Well, I don't get tired of hearing this story. Because what it does is it teaches us lessons about God's bounty. And it teaches us those lessons year after year so Mary and Joseph let's think about them for a moment again one of the fairly unspoken and and barely mentioned hardships in the Christmas story is that of a heavily pregnant woman having to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem now I don't know how far in advance they travelled but it was a long way uh, in as I'm sure they did before they, they set off, I, I checked with Google Maps, and, and it's 156 miles by car from Bethlehem to, uh, to Nazareth. It would only take you a, just over an hour, a couple of hours to drive, two hours, 15 minutes, Google Maps tells me. Uh, but if you're, um, and, I, and I've traveled further at Christmas than that. Uh, we used to do it regularly down to Southampton. But we were in a car and we didn't have to walk. And uh, and when we did do it, uh, and I don't think Charlotte was ever ever pregnant. While well, when we went down at Christmas time, but if you're walking, that makes it about 33 hours if you do it all in one go, which I'm sure you wouldn't, particularly if your wife was pregnant. Walking eight hours a day, it takes about four days, so about a week to travel. I wonder what they knew about why they were heading to Bethlehem. Why did they did they know that that was where they had to give birth? Did they 
think when this census was called, did they think, well, why on earth? No, no, maybe, maybe there's a loophole. Maybe, maybe they say that we can get out of it because um, yeah, if, you, if you're uh, unable to travel, then maybe there's a loophole. You maybe you could register by, by post or something like that. Maybe you could send someone in your place. I bet if they tried hard enough, they could have had an exemption. Or maybe they could have just hidden. And I think if it had been me, that's what I'd have wanted to do. I, I wouldn't have wanted to make the effort of that journey at that stressful and difficult time. I wonder if all the, the handicapped, the blind, the, 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 the lame people that we, talk, that we read about in Scripture, I wonder if they had to go to their, their, their place or whether there were exemptions for them. But they went. Mary and Joseph went from Nazareth down to Bethlehem because they went because they knew that they were part of something bigger than themselves they went because when you've had numerous angels telling you about this child this special child that you're going to bring into this world you expect more strange things to happen you expect to be guided through them. And again, even if they ended up in accommodation that we would consider unacceptable, they went. And I'm sure that there were many other preparations that they had to go through, but we, we don't read anything more. The only thing we read about is that, they, that the baby was wrapped in cloths and placed in a manger. That's not much preparation considering all the all the bits and pieces that we have nowadays for for babies. Some cloths and a manger. It wasn't very much. So how did Mary and Joseph prepare for that first Christmas? They Prepared by being where God wanted them to be. They were where God wanted them to be. The baby was to be born in Bethlehem. And so they went to Bethlehem. So Mary and Joseph, they were where God wanted them to be. What about the shepherds? There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angel had left them, 
and gone into heaven, their shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds were stuck out in a field doing their job of, of whatever it is that shepherds do. Uh, I mean, I, I occasionally watched people who look after sheep. Certainly in some countries, it seems to involve a lot of sitting around in the shade watching sheep. The shepherds weren't preparing for Christmas, were they? They, they were doing what they did most nights, I presume. I wonder, they had no idea what was, what was going to happen. They, had no, they weren't waiting for Christmas to start. They weren't looking for clouds of angels. So I wonder how they spent Christmas Eve. Probably just doing their job. Which I presume was watching for danger. We're told that they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. They were ready to act, weren't they? They were keeping watch, watching for danger, alert for strange sounds, uh, watching for predators and being ready to respond if needed. So we, we, we know a bit about shepherds uh, in the Bible that, uh, that David you know, was, was ready to go out and wrestle with lions and, and bears. I, I don't know whether these shepherds were, were up to that as well. But they were, they were there doing what shepherds were supposed to do. They were there looking for danger. They were alert and they were ready to respond. So probably, can't be sure about this, but probably they weren't asleep. I don't know when they did sleep. Maybe they, they took it in turns. Maybe some of them slept during the day and some slept during the night. And these were the ones who were on at night and they were awake they were keeping watch over their flocks. But they didn't see a bear. They didn't see a lion. The unexpected visitor in the night wasn't a thief. It was an angel. God's messenger. God's messenger giving them a preview of the future. Telling them about this child that had been born and who he was going to be. Who he was and what he was going to do. Again, there's that lovely song we sing tonight. Despised and worthless shepherds. We were the first to know. It wasn't something that was a, a preview of the future that was given to intellectuals. It wasn't a preview of the future that was given to politicians. It wasn't to opinion formers or journalists or a preview, sneak preview that would, that, would, that would allow people to prepare thought pieces for the Jerusalem Post the next morning. It was to ordinary people. It was to people who were lowly, ordinary, like you and like me. Ordinary people. Who were given the chance to respond. They were people who were watching. They were people who were waiting. 
and there was this amazing show. Can you imagine it? Just just close your eyes and think about sitting on a on a on a hill. Suddenly, this angel appears, and then this multitude of the heavenly host worshiping God. Incredible. And then they were gone. And so the shepherd said, fantastic, that was great. Time for a sleep now, and just better watch out for these sheep. No, they listened, they were waiting, they were watching, they responded. They said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go and see this boy, this child. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And again, it's those little words in scripture, isn't it? So they hurried off. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And then they said, wow, that's amazing. Let's, uh, let's go back and watch our sheep again. No, they, they went and they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds kept watch and responded when called. They kept watch, they remained alert, and they responded when called. Turn back to Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose. And have come to worship him. And then just skipping on a few verses to verse 9. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary and they worshipped down and sorry, they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their gift their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. It's always difficult to quite work out where the Magi fit in with the, the chronology. I mean almost certainly not in the at the same time as the shepherds and all that kind of thing. But the important thing about the Magi is that they came. And they came from a long way away. We don't know exactly where they were from. They came from the east. It probably wasn't the east of Bethlehem. It probably wasn't the east of Israel. Uh, Don't know exactly where. Persia, Iran, India. I mean, if we assume that it was... Tehran that they'd come from, say, in, in, in Iran. Uh, and again, as I'm sure they did before they set off, uh, I checked Google Maps, and uh, it's 1,985 miles uh, from Tehran to Bethlehem, which is about 25 hours' drive, uh, or uh, 402 hours on foot if you do it all in one go. Uh, Google doesn't actually give you the option of checking out uh, how long it takes on a camel. 
but I imagine it would be roughly the same sort of time as, as going on foot. So that's, by my calculations, about 50 days travel. 50 days travel. That, that's quite, quite a, long, a long journey, isn't it? So you, you have to put a reasonable amount of preparation in for doing a 50-day um, journey each way. A uh, 50-day journey each way on foot or on camel. <coughs> Uh, you know, without the option of booking in at premier lodges, premier inns on the way uh, there. So a huge amount of preparation that they needed to put into it. So it wasn't something which they could just conjure up in a moment. It wasn't a whim that they went on this journey. They must have put a tremendous amount of effort and commitment in and it's interesting that uh, we refer to them traditionally as wise men don't we we, we, we yeah, the correct term is magi I mean sometimes we talk about them as the three kings not that there were necessarily three of them and not that they were kings but we refer to them traditionally as wise men and I think it's interesting to draw that distinction between the fact that they were wise men and not just clever men. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, I know some very clever people. And some of them are the stupidest people I know. I mean, actually, if, I, if I'm honest about it, I know some very clever people who are very stupid. What's the difference between someone who's clever and someone who's wise? A wise man is someone who when they're faced with information are able to assess it to understand it and to know what to do with it they don't just um, analyse it a, a clever man if he'd seen a star a special star rising might have, have written a paper about it or even a book or, or lucky if they were lucky they might have got a TV series commissioned in order to talk about, uh, about this, this star. The wise men saw an unusual star and realized it had to something to do with the king of the Jews being born. I've no idea how they knew that or, or what information they based that on. But somehow they realized that it was to do with the king of the Jews being born and they responded. A clever man might have analysed it, come up with a theory, but the wise men knew they had to do something about it. So the wise men looked, understood and acted. They looked, they understood and they acted. We have been thinking about the day before Christmas, the preparations that lead up to Christmas. And we're, we're thinking about that primarily because tomorrow is Christmas, Christmas Day. But as I was preparing, I was thinking there are lots of times when we have to prepare. Lots of 
the day befores, if you like, the day before Christmas. And we come to think about the bread and the wine that speak to us of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And we remember that death and resurrection of Jesus every week, at least as we take bread and drink wine. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, take this cup. Sorry, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men wait, keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Then he came back, he found again them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Who should the disciples have been like? I I guess they should have been like the shepherds, shouldn't they? They should have been keeping watch. They should have been alert they should have been watching over the Lamb of God Jesus woke them several times but they went back to sleep their vigil was pretty rubbish really if they had been shepherds their flock could have been ravaged by wolves or plundered by thieves. But as it was, the the Lamb of God was handed over to evil men. He went freely, but he missed the support of his closest companions at that time. So they didn't watch, and they didn't wait. But Jesus, he was where he was supposed to be. He was doing what he was supposed to do. He was about to fulfill the promise of his birth. The next day was to be a part of that great promise of the angels. The demonstration of God's love. The the demonstration of Jesus' role as saviour. The good news, the great joy for all people. 
He was where God wanted him to be. And even though his disciples didn't keep watch, his father did. And we commemorate that time now as we eat bread and drink wine to remember. We're going to sing together first from the hymn book number 23 as pants the deer, as pants the heart for living streams. When heated in the chase, so longs my soul, O God, for thee and thy refreshing grace. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And we're going to give thanks for the bread now through our brother Philip. Oh, Father, we think of all the things that you have done in bringing your Son into the world and the preparation for him and the mediation of him and all these things. We come to now remember that you've done them just for us. Not just his birth, but his perfect life and all the temptations that he received and all the power that he had, he had. Everything that he was, your perfect son. And then, Lord, you allowed him to be put to death. It, it blows our minds. How could you manage to do such a thing, to bring a perfect man into the world and then put him to death? But it was your, for your part, part of your plan and purpose that we knew that throughout creation that there would be others that would come to love you and to seek to follow your son Jesus, to be like him and to serve his ways and his thoughts and rather those that are presented through the world. And that blows our minds also. How would any of us do that? So we thank you from our hearts for your love for us in providing Jesus and ask that you would accept our thanks for him through this wine, through this bread. Bread to each one of us as we see need, have need. And we all have had great need. In Jesus we offer these thanks and seek your blessing in his name. Thank you. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. Mark is going to offer our thanks for the cup. Abba, our Father, 
Mary pondered on these things and held them in her heart. The shepherds were watching. The wise men worshipped. And that was for the baby. For what he would become, for what through your will and purpose we can share and rejoice in your grace now that we can ponder your love and your message of the gospel to each of us. We can ponder that in our hearts. We can share wine and worship you for the gifts of forgiveness and love that you bring and shed upon each of us. We can leave, we can go in our lives. Help us to watch. Help us to pray. Help us to be ready for the next time that angelic host may come and proclaim and bring the heavens full of the glory of your name when we see our Lord again and can come with the little gifts that we have in our lives now that we are treasuring, that we are pondering, that we are building, that we can bring them and lay them at his feet. And he can say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, help us to rejoice in your gift of grace. Help every morning to be full of that wonder and joy that comes from being your children. Amen. After supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Brightest and best of the sons of the morning, dawn on our darkness and lend us thine aid. Star of the east, the horizon adorning, guide where our infant redeemer is laid. We've thought about preparation. We've thought about everything being in place. We've thought about being ready for what we need to do. We've prepared for all eventualities. But prepared for what? Prepared for Christmas? Well, Christmas is a lovely, a lovely time. And it's important for family but Christmas is just a day or a short period of time that returns year after year at the same time. We know when it is. We know when it will be. And we can spend the whole year planning for it if we want or we can rush at the last minute. But we know when it will be. Mary and Joseph prepared for the birth of their son by making sure that they were where God wanted them to be. The shepherds prepared, perhaps unwittingly, by watching and being alert. The wise men were in it for the long haul and made the sacrifice and effort to respond to Jesus' birth. But what about you? We're waiting for Jesus to come back again. We break bread and drink wine to remember him until he comes back. 
He's alive now and with us here, but will one day come back physically to transform the world. And that could be tonight. Or next week. Or perhaps sometime beyond your lifetime. Are you prepared? Are you in the place that God wants you to be? Mary and Joseph followed God's guidance and allowed him to lead them where he wanted them to be. Even though I bet they wouldn't have chosen it themselves. The shepherds were alert and watching and waiting. They weren't watching and waiting for for what they actually ended up seeing. But when it came, they responded. How about you? Are you watching and waiting? Are your eyes lifted to the skies to listen to God's voice? Or is your focus strictly on the ground? Responding to the earthbound sights and sounds of our society. The wise men were in it for the long haul. Are you in it for the long haul? Your discipleship may have lasted many years. It may have only just started. You may just be feeling those stirrings of wanting to do something. Are we in it for the long haul? The wise men set out on a long journey, but they stuck it out. And why? For the prize that was set before them. That star on the horizon talked to them of something greater. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. And then we shall see face to face. Now, I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We're going to finish with prayer through Richard. But before that, we're going to sing, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. That glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth where shepherds kept their fold. Lord, we've no plans to travel to Bethlehem. No plans to leave our homes in the east, to make a difficult journey to uncertain accommodation. But I pray that you will Help us to travel in our mind's eye, travel to Bethlehem, to see the king born in a manger and invite him to be born in our hearts today. Lord, open those hearts to be faithful and compassionate, to be filled with joy and hope to long to see Jesus, the consolation of Israel and the whole world. Lord, be with this church and these people here this morning. I pray that wherever our journeys take us, that you will travel with us and keep us safe until we meet again, wherever that might be.
Amen.